Okay. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 45 of Blurred Thoughts with myself, Azri and Stephanie. Hi Stephanie, how are you? Hello, I am good, how are you? I'm having hiccups. So uh, for the <laughs> sake of our listeners, if you suddenly hear me hiccuping, I am so sorry. I'm going to do my very best to control it and mute myself whenever I'm hiccuping. <laughs> but as always, we are back on our Forbidden Questions You Are Too Afraid to Ask episode. And for this particular episode, we are going to mm-hmm. ask the question, can anyone love another person unconditionally? Or are we all intrinsically selfish? Now, admittedly, it is not I, the idealistic one that came up with this topic. It was the cynical one. So, Stephanie, maybe you would like to talk about why, why or why you chose such a depressing topic. Well, um, I guess it comes from... I mean, I feel like we've touched on parts of this conversation in other episodes, right? Like, you know... Mm-hmm. The, the the need for being in a relationship or a friendship or whatever and I, I guess part of my cynicism towards relationships or marriage or whatever else and like you know I think in one of the earlier episodes Azri was stumped when I said I actually don't see myself in a relationship or anything um, I think it comes from like I've seen the way people interact with other people and I'm kind of like you know how there's all these cults and blah 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 around how you know a relationship is a partnership a friendship is a partnership you give and take and and all of that crap um and and like when I look around I feel like no one everyone is ultimately at the core of our being look out for ourselves like we want we have our own best interests at heart and like I feel like no one else is going to take care of me like I do for myself and when people talk about unconditional love and things like that, I'm kind of like, well, do they really like, is someone I meet like a friend or a partner or whoever, are they truly going to love me unconditionally? Even if it's a family member, because I feel like at the core of our being, their self-preservation kicks in and you kind of look out for yourself and what matters most to you. And like, I don't know. That was kind of the the basis for the question. And I feel like I'm the kind of person, regardless of whatever friendship, relationship, partnership, work relationship I might be in, I want to protect my mental health and my, my well-being first. And I don't want to be drained or dragged down by other people around me. And I don't know whether other people do the same. So oh, hence God. The, the question. <laughs> okay, well... Um, okay, I'll be very honest. Um, I think for, for me, in my personal experience, I do see what you're seeing in terms of self-preservation. And I think for me, you know, I realise it's, it's not really um, the type of bonds that dictate, dictate whether someone is selfish or not. Because even in family, right, it's like if you're, you're not doing something that they look at as admirable or respectable, they're just going to criticize you because it sort of affects their image and therefore they're being selfish because because they're not looking out for your happiness or in, in my case, my happiness. They're looking out for, uh, am I doing anything to alleviate them? Am I doing anything to mm. boost their image? Am I doing anything to contribute to make their life easy at the expense of my sanity or my mental health? Um, And I see the same with friendships because, for example, you know, I... 
I always tell Stephanie this, I always try to reach out to people and try to like, you know, keep, you know, lines of communication open. And I realise like, sometimes they shut me down until they need something from me or they have no other places to turn to and then they find me. And it, in the same vein, it's selfish, right? Because they're looking out for their own self-preservation, but not for me, like the fact that I want to be their friend, I want to communicate with them, I want to spend time with them. But I think where Stephanie and I differ is that I feel that eventually when you're in a relationship that, or rather whatever it is, whether you find a best friend, a lover, um, you settle down to have a, to, to get married or whatever it is, I thought that you would find someone who shared your ideals and then you get married. But as we reach 30, or you know, I'm, Stephanie's 30, I'm 31. I'm I, 31 too, by the way. Oh, is it? If you forget it, forgotten my birthday. Thank you very I, much. I remember your birthday, not your birth year. I also thought you were younger. Okay, okay, never mind. Let's let's cross that bridge later. But but I always thought that you would find someone that matched your expectations. So, but like I said, when as we got older, I think the pressure of being with someone and just settling down and having children and getting mar- married, I feel like people sort of... Um... Uh, what's a nice word? Uh, <laughs> people, settle? yeah, they settle or they say that you know those are not important, and you know I'm fine with this. I'm fine with a partner that's just willing to meet me eighty percent of the way or seventy percent of the mm. way, which is fine at first until they realize you know further down the line when you know you need something, you need their help or whatever, and they're not there because that's the thirty percent that they're not willing to show up for. So. Yeah, so that's my personal experience. So, Stephanie, what do you think... Where do you think this com- comes from for people? And I apologize once again for my hiccups. Where do you think this comes from um, in general? And why do you feel... Maybe you could tie this back to what, why do you feel you can't... You don't see yourself being in a relationship? I, I don't think this is an argument just purely for relationships, to be honest. I think it's to do with friendships and... Um, any type like friendships family work any type of relationship that exists I feel like everyone at their core would look out for themselves and it's the human nature for self-preservation I just kind of find the concept of unconditional love a bit flawed Um, and I don't know like you know when I remember having this conversation with a friend and she was saying how no one's going to take care of me like my dad, right? Like he would look out for me. He will um, make sure that he drops me off if it's late at night or early in the morning and things like that. And she was like, I don't think any partner was going to do that. And, and, And then she kind of talked about, you know, how in old movies, you have these old heroes who actually display what we would perceive as unconditional love. We would put our needs above and above other people's needs and do, do what they need. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of us don't actually do that anymore. And I, I am guilty as well. Like there are moments where I've been like, oh, I need this for myself versus even if someone else, like, I'm not like maybe maybe it's the concept of 
the absolute like someone is always going to unconditionally love you rather than there are moments where you're going to be unconditionally loved but there's also moments where um you you may want to choose yourself over other people I, I guess maybe it's that absolute terms of finding unconditional love and and whether it's family friends or whoever I guess that's where I feel like parts of us are always going to be selfish and I, I guess coming back to your point about your friends ignoring you right where you've gone above and beyond trying to connect with them they ignore you and often the reason people give when you kind of ask them like oh why have you ignored me it's kind of like oh it's not you it's me I've been busy I've been this I've been that and that's intrinsically selfish right maybe not selfish but kind of like I've not had time for you like I've been doing x y and z and that doesn't mean they don't care about you necessarily it's just they've prioritized themselves over you and it makes me question if anyone would ever prioritize someone else above and beyond themselves and maybe like you know people talk about parents doing that like moms prioritizing their children or parents prioritizing their children over themselves and you do see examples of it but you also see them being drained because they've put all their energy into their children and then they've nothing to say for themselves so I guess there's this duality of or double-edged sword of like there is an expectation for unconditional love but actually on the other hand unconditional love isn't really self-love I don't know it's a very complex thing and I'm I'm just putting all my warped thoughts into it okay before we get into that okay um okay disclaimer I'm not saying that mother daughter mother mother son or mother child is you know not important but let's set aside um basic biology let's talk about like a relationship in terms of when there's maturity on both sides you know like if it's a mother child Mm. then you know the child has to be of certain maturity age so i guess my question to you would be actually what is your idea of condition unconditional love because for me i was thinking because you said that you've been guilty Mm. of this as well right for me the times where i felt that i might be guilty of it is that Whenever I say no, it's because uh, to something, it's only if I'm really, really exhausted. I've never, mm. I've never said no to something because normally if it's someone asking me to hang out or for dinner or whatever, it's a friend. And I've, I, I don't know, I, I'm not in a situation where, thankfully, I'm not in a situation where someone who a- asks me for dinner is someone that I don't want to see. It's, it's mm. never, unless you're talking about work commitments, but I don't think there's someone there's anyone I love in a work like a work sphere per se like I've never had that experience before so I don't know so what do you mean by unconditional love because I do I do remember for example you know sometimes we have our arguments or we have our disagreements about some things right and I will ask a, a friend another, another friend for advice or opinion like how do I how do I resolve this and sometimes okay I do have some toxic friends so sometimes they will say like oh why is why are you still friends with her or why are you still friends with him and i'm like no it's it's not like they're bad friends it's just we have a disagreement i don't think having a disagreement is 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 a basis for ending a friendship i feel like the times i've said that you know a friend is is no longer a friend is when they've done something that is 
fundamentally flawed, like asking someone to kill themselves because they're depressed. That for me crosses a line. So I think that maybe before we go into a further discussion, what do you feel mm. is the tenet of unconditional love? Because even your friend's example about like, oh, my, my, no one could love me better than my dad. And you know, like a partner is not going to do that. I'm like, no, my uncle does that for my aunt all the time. I've, I have a lot of uncles who have done that for their partners and I've always been very, you know, I, I've seen such things. Yes. Do you want to say something? And, and I think that's the point, right? Like it's your uncles. It's that generation of like born in the 60s, 70s generation that does that. The go above and beyond. Like I think my, my dad does that as well. My mom does that as well to each other like to their parents okay but, but i think my point okay okay what whatever okay, it is like 60 60s or whatever whatever then okay okay then i guess a side question would be do you think that our generation is incapable of that and and also what will be what is your idea or like what are the things that make up unconditional love because i think then it'd be mm. easier for us to sort of go into a further discussion navigate about that. yeah i think it's like regardless of what you might experience going above and beyond to care for someone else. And you, you can see that in that generation of our parents or uncles, aunts, whatever, where they make sure that they have food on the table. Like I feel like that generation had a lot of survival instincts or maybe survival instinct is not the right word. Like the way that they grew up, like you know whether it's a village or a kampong like it's that community sense of looking out for each other which I think existed in that era and I think to your and I feel like that's what's missing now maybe where and to your question maybe the question really is about like is our generation incapable of unconditional love and I feel like for me personally I've looked at my parents or like my uncles and aunts and whatever, they've looked out for other people so much that they've neglected themselves or their self. And some of them may have lost their self-identity because they've looked out for their partners or their children or their family. And I think that pushed our generation to be like, actually, I want to protect myself and my... Um, I don't want to lose my essence at the expense of other people. And that maybe has flipped because we've seen our parents suffer their sense of identity or their sense of self because they've unconditionally loved other people or looked at other people. And that's why we are kind of like, I need to protect myself. I need to protect my identity. And that may come off as selfish, but I don't know whether we are incapable of unconditional love and maybe it's just a different version of unconditional love because I feel like our parents will look at us and be like, oh, you only look up for yourself and things like that. Not realizing actually we are protecting ourselves, but still have the capability of caring for another person. I don't know. Like, and maybe it's like changing definitions of unconditional love. Might Obviously I'm throwing like five different concepts into this answer, but I think it's like I've seen unconditional love as how it's portrayed in the olden times of going above and beyond and sacrificing self above others and being a bit cynical about like, yeah, but I don't want to lose my self or like drain myself at the expense of another person, whether it might be a friend, a partner, a family member. And but then that also doesn't mean that I'm incapable of loving someone else. I don't know. 
Okay, wait. Because you didn't really clarify. So you're Answer. trying to say, oh. you're trying to say unconditional love is basically like what we see in the olden days. Mm. But the olden days. Go on. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether it's really unconditional love because olden days, mm. if you're talking about like you know, it was very. It felt very one-sided in a sense. Like okay, if we're talking about like that's the the typical soap operas or the dramas that we've seen from that time it was always like you know the guy is this gruff person that comes back from work and then the wife <laughs> is like this very homely homemaker happy homemaker and um you know conversations were like very serious and all that stuff like, I don't know like what do you feel makes unconditional love because I think okay okay let me talk about my okay. idea then because for me okay uh-huh. Maybe I'm very blessed Because when you said that You know Your your friend was saying like Who are in our generation Is going to do that I'm like hmm, I'm quite blessed Because my previous relationship I was very thankful That I had someone Who would always pick me up And shuttle me Wherever As 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 long as time allowed And Made sure that I was Eating well And you know Had food Food was always a big thing For us uh, and, and you know Always celebrating life really like like good things bad things it felt like like really sharing our lives like the best parts of our lives and also the worst parts and i thought like that was really unconditional love mm. and it got to a point where nigel our mutual friend was even saying like oh wow i really thought this was good for you however it did end because um i was lacking in certain areas which i'm not sure mm-hmm. it's suitable for an audience that might be underaged but um <laughs> You know, but but that aside, you know, we worked through it and decided that it's best we part ways. It was a very amicable sort of thing. But in terms of unconditional love, I thought like that was it because it felt like, you know, both of us knew our goals and where we were going and we were like trying to support each other and all that stuff. It really felt that there was love in that sense. And I, I just feel that maybe what people are expecting is someone to sacrifice everything for you not realizing mm. that you can find a middle ground where you know you you don't have to compromise i think that's also another word that i don't like it's more like trying to find ways of progressing together and i think there's something that no one ever talks about right it's like um they always feel like oh if 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 one of us is rising in our career the other has to put things on hold for our children not realizing that maybe we can find a common ground maybe both of us can excel in our careers first and hire help or whatever you know and i feel the problem with trying to achieve unconditional love is people think that they are just an island of two people it's like a Mm. love island of two when actually you can find therapists you can ask your friends for help you can find professionals for help you can you can find help for almost any service whether it's household chores to child child support to you know whatever it is but no one talks about it, especially in a Singapore perspective where it's sort of like, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago about children that, you know, people are so afraid to ask for help because they are seen as less less capable of being parents, for example. Or the st- gender stereotypes, you know, like when a woman wants to pursue career, oh, she's, she's forsaking her family values, for example. There's all these very harsh and negative values that maybe hinder the ability to achieve unconditional love so with that stephanie what i'm sure i've given you some idea so what what from my points could you take away would you think would be your concept or your idea of unconditional love so i think i agree with your concept of unconditional love and maybe this is where i reframe 
and make sense of my own thoughts. I think the way I've been exposed to unconditional love, I guess, or like the way maybe media or society defines unconditional love is that sacrificial kind of thing where you're expected to sacrifice everything for this person in order to unconditionally love someone. When in reality, I think it's what you were saying. It's like that sharing of experience, whether it's best times or worst times and progressing together. And I, and I feel like a lot of the times that doesn't happen where there is an expectation on either side where, and the expectation on either side is seen as a sacrifice on both parts, if that makes sense. Like, um, I don't know whether I have an example on the top, top of my head, but like, if you're like, to your point, like if both of us need to excel in my career, there is an opportunity to get help to take care of the kids or there is an opportunity to maybe not have kids in the next five years so that you focus on your career. But there's often like someone, I guess it's, it comes down to deferring expectations where one person might be like, actually, I want kids now. And the other person might be like, no, I don't want kids now. I actually want to focus on my career. And then they end up having kids and one person has to sacrifice over the other. And I, I think it's moments like that where there isn't a mutual ground because someone is always going to give in and it gets to a point where who gives in more or who takes more. I, I don't know. I feel like what you were saying about the common ground is where I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like the person who's going to be more compromising would be the one to help reach the common ground, which ends up being the compromise piece. And that's when it becomes like, is it unconditional love or is it just a sacrifice? And then it becomes this constant competition about, not competition, but like, I feel like one person is always going to lose more than the other. Or like, I question the equality of common ground, I guess, is where I'm coming from. And and then it becomes like mm -hmm. one person is sacrificing more than the other. Yeah. I feel like the ideal scenario is what you described, right? Like, you know, a true partnership, you progress together, you find middle grounds, you solve things together, you share best moments and worst moments. But in reality, does it really happen? Because, and I think that's why it, it, it gravitates back to that sacrificial element or compromise where one person is always going to compromise more or sacrifice more than the other. Or if someone is told to, reach a middle ground they feel like they are sacrificing something or they're compromising their needs and I don't know like I'm just kind of thinking broadly at all the relationships I've seen across my lifetime and I'm thinking is there ever been like a true middle ground I don't think so like and maybe it's just been the relationships I've been exposed to Okay, um, no, no, I agree with you because I, I think in terms of our daily lives or people we interact with, we don't really see many examples of that. So I wanted to ask mm. a question instead because the thing that we notice is like, it's never like what you're saying, right? No one really progresses together. There's always someone who sort of in inevitably wills mm. sacrifice or compromise in some way, even if they don't say that. 
it's sort of like from an outsider perspective you sort of see they just sort of have to settle because there's no choice someone has to give in or give way Mm. so my question is do you think it's also because it's not that someone unfortunately just has to sacrifice or compromise but it's because that maybe no one is willing to properly properly communicate expectations as to what is a sacrifice for the other person. Okay, let me explain. So mm. now I think is is the age where people around me are starting to look at houses or homes, and you know, uh, there's always an option of public housing, private housing, and you know how expensive you want to go into it. So I do have a friend whose partner is very particular about image, and mm. wants to spend more than what they jointly have on a very expensive estate. And obviously, you know, my friend being the lesser one, you know, the, the, the one with the smaller financial power is like, you know, but, you know, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should take something smaller. But in the end, in the end, because she inevitably has to sort of settle and say like, okay, you know, and then has to so- sort of figure out how is she going to scrunch up her share for, for the estate. Mm. So in, in, that, in that scenario, I feel that there was also... A mistake on their part because someone's calling <laughs> okay okay uh so actually i was just thinking that you know because you were talking about how progressing together doesn't happen for a lot of people right like we think that they do but unfortunately there's always one person that has to take a back seat that inevitably has to choose to compromise indirectly for the sake of the other partner but I was just wondering, is it also because sometimes they don't communicate expectations as to what is a sacrifice? Because, for example, I have friends who, you know, they're a couple, they choose to purchase a property, but person A wants, like, this exorbitant uh, property that person B is not able to afford. Like, you know, they are not able to fork out as much of a share. And then because person A is very strong-headed, you know, very stubborn on that point, uh, just insists on it, and person B being the nicer, the complacent, a bit more laid-back kind of person decides, okay, you know what, let's just go with it, and I will have to struggle and, you know, find some ways to make things work. And I just wonder, is it, you know, it's also their fault because person B wasn't clarifying that, hey, you know, I really cannot do this. This is a huge sacrifice on my part because this is going to be, in Singapore, at least a, 10 to 30 years investment and it means for 10 to 30 years you sort of have to worry constantly about the finances your finances because your partner is making way more but is expecting you to pay half so I'm just wondering do you think that it's because a lot of times they don't clarify and really talk about hey you know this is a sacrifice for me and I I don't feel it's fair for me to be taking this sacrifice upon myself for the sake of, whether it's the sake of our mental, mental health or for the sake of our future together I don't want this to be such a huge stress because I also think that when you have that kind of stress it also leads to a lot of fights and arguments and all that sort of stuff so what do you think? I So I guess you were looking at it from a very macro level like the bigger sacrifices oh I'm echoing can you hear me echoing? okay um in my head, it was more the the other thing, like the little sacrifices people do, like, say, for example, I'm on a four-hour meeting, but then the school calls to say, oh, your child is sick. And it's like, do I go and pick them up? Or do you, like, does my partner go pick them up? Like, who's going to get the excuse from work? Like, and 
I think it's that those little things or like there's no more milk in the fridge or there's no more food in the fridge. Like who's going to go do the grocery shopping when both of us have worked till 6 p.m. at night? Like I think it's the small sacrifices. And I feel it gets to a point where one person always does it and it becomes such a chore and then it becomes a chore rather than unconditional love or like, I don't know, washing the dishes or clearing out the rubbish. Okay, so in those scenarios, right, what would mm. be unconditional love for you? Or what, what do you think, if there were you in that scenario, mm. that you were called to school or there's no food in the freezer, whatever it is, how do you feel you would work things out in a scenario where it demonstrates unconditional love? So I guess it's like, if I'm stuck in a four-hour meeting, it's a very important meeting, like... I think there is an expectation for my partner to recognize that this is important for me and therefore like don't worry about it I'll go and pick up the kids but also gets to a point where what if both of us are stuck in a like in an important meeting and often like when I see families and couples it's the mom that leaves not the dad yep and yep. it kind of like and it becomes this kind of thing like why couldn't he like she also has a career not just him like why does it have to be her that goes and like leaves the meeting to go pick up their kids so I think it's like things like that that annoys me and like I guess it's being like self-aware on both parties about like oh actually like I feel like often it's very compartmentalized like one person knows what's in the fridge whereas another person knows the kid's schedule and sometimes it's just the one person who knows everything, where the other person just kind of floats around life. Um, like, and it's the kind of equal, I, I guess that unconditional love piece comes from both people knowing, actually, we don't have milk today. And then kind of saying, actually, I'll, I'll go buy groceries today. Or the other person being like, oh, you bought groceries the other day. Let me go get it now. Like, it's that awareness. And I feel like that level of awareness is often don't, it's often taken by one person and the other person just floats around. Like there's always one person who takes the responsibility to be like, there's this coming up or that's coming up. We don't have this. We don't have that. Or I don't know, like, yeah. And I think that's the bit where it comes down to the lack of awareness that then because they're not aware, they're not able to fulfill the role when needed. And it can be exhausting on someone to be, constantly being like I need to pay this today or I need to do that today or like the kids have xyz today so I don't know like for me it's like both parties are like equally aware of and at the same time being recognizing that if someone's exhausted knowing that actually they're so exhausted they can't actually do what they're meant to do today like if I was supposed to get groceries today for example but then I'm so exhausted out from work having the other person actually recognize that and be like it's fine I'll do it this time like it shouldn't be a kind of 50 50 I don't know like compartmentalization but it's kind of the recognition and awareness of like it's what you were describing earlier right it's that partnership where you're sharing a shared experience and I think that often doesn't quite happen or at least from the couples and families I've observed doesn't quite happen no I I completely agree with you and I actually um 
it's kind of weird to be talking about this since my relationship ended but you know um when i i think when things got serious for me in my relationship we, i remember uh, i was reading okay i could be wrong but the story is true i'm not i'm just not sure who i think katherine heigl was uh interviewed for her adoption and she mm. basically t- talked about how it was extremely daunting because they made her go through like hundreds and hundreds of questions about what would you do in such scenarios what would your child do how would you react to this how would you react to that who's going to do what and i sort of just googled you know like different adoption agencies and what kind of questionnaires that they would do and i decided to adopt that with in my relationship i know it's crazy but i was just thinking you know my partner was talking about how they want to be serious and all that stuff and I'm like okay if if you're really going to be serious let's see how we do on such questions right because it, relationship is not really about all the rosy all the rosy beautiful stuff there's also going to be challenges that you say mm. and sometimes it's just like mm. really irksome stuff like just dirty laundry or just having to pick up groceries or cleaning the dishes and that's where we started to really like question each other and like find out like what what do we need to do and to Stephanie, I think your point, I really like that. And that was something that we tried to embody in our relationship. It's more like, you know, there's, it's not a 50-50 more like everyone's, in, we're both involved. It's being aware when the other person has done something. You know, like if, if I have done the dishes, then, you know, tomorrow they will offer to do dishes. Or if we have done the groceries, then the other person will do groceries next time. Or sometimes, you know, if you can't come to a compromise that both of you would do something together, you know, like if, okay, if we're both tired, why not we compromise? Why not we do it together so we we sort of share the burden? And I know it sounds silly when you're talking about like, you know, getting a burger or getting groceries. It seems so lame, but when you're talking about living day to day or month to month, like you're living a long term relationship, I think having that sort of dynamic really helps because then you don't share, you don't have those kind of feelings of resentment towards the other person because like what Stephanie said, right? If you had a work meeting and you know it's important, it's sort of the time where the other person knows, okay, you know, I have to automatically, you know, take up the mantle. I have to step up because if I was in a four-hour meeting that was important to me, I know they would step up. It's sort of like that healthy, Mm -hmm. healthy balance. But to your point, Stephanie, I, I, I understand what you mean because it's very rare it's very rare to see that in our daily lives among people. And I think it's because no one talks about it. Everyone talks about, oh, you know, hugs and kisses and romantic photos and getaways. No one talks about dirty laundry and dirty dishes and picking up socks and scrubbing toilets. No one, no, no but it's important, right? It's important to talk about that. Just scrubbing toilets. The person who always has to do that is going to be... Or cleaning re- the fan. Or, or, or cleaning the fan because I was just cleaning the fan before we recorded this. But... You need to be aware of this. And I, and I see a lot of relationships, whether it's five years or 50 years, there's a lot of resentment that piles up because they'll just resort to yelling like, hey, why can't you do anything? Why, can't you, why are you so lazy? Why are you always playing games? Why are you just watching TV? So I think it's important to have the conversation and really talk about like every little thing, every minute thing that you think is important to you, even even if it's something simple like chores or, you know, emergencies or, you know, if you don't like a family member, how do you want them to react when you guys are at a family gathering? Like, little things like that can be, can stoke a fire if you're not, if you don't resolve it. Yeah, and I think coming back to my definition of unconditional love, I think that's where it comes down to, like, 
see I've changed my version of unconditional love throughout this episode but there we go and I, I guess that comes down to this concept right it's not anything that's clear clear cut or set in stone it's I guess it, for me now that I've kind of openly processed this thinking it's like being aware and recognize whoever whether it's your friend your family your partner recognize their burdens or their stresses and coming working working it out together to kind of find a solution like I guess even from our perspective right recording this podcast is something we do together but at the same time we are aware like if I'm busy with work or if you're busy with work or if you're both kind of emotionally just drained we do kind of work around to find a time where we're both physically and mentally capable of recording an episode or three episodes and Mm -hmm. I think it's that awareness and recognition of knowing or even like checking in to be like are you okay to do this today or do you just want to vent like and and I think we both do that um and that's why we miss weeks of episodes sometimes but that's okay um and I don't know like I think which is why I, I guess I asked the question of like are we just intrinsically selfish because then it's kind of like, oh, I don't want to wash the dishes. I never want to do it. Oh, I don't want to stru- scrub the toilets ever. Rather than being like, oh, actually, they've done this before. Let me, like, that, I, I don't know. I feel like if there's something that people dislike, people just don't do it. Um, and which is partly why at work, I feel like because I they know that I would just do it anyway. Um, like some people hate doing tedious tasks. I hate it too. But sometimes it's kind of like, if no one's going to do it, I'll just do it. And it's that kind of thing where some people just like vehemently avoid doing it. And it's that kind of thing where it comes down to self-preservation or selfishness. I don't know. Yeah, so, okay. So we've talked about, okay, I think generally, I think the the gist of what we think in terms of, in, in a summary, basically, is essentially really sharing each other's lives in every aspect of the word. And it's not just about big things like whether, you know, sharing a mortgage together or, you know, work responsibilities of children, mm. but really understanding understanding everything about the other person, what ticks, what doesn't tick. And, mm. you know, I, I think... Actually, do we have an above 18 audience, Stephanie? Probably. Probably. Maybe. No, no, because I was just thinking, like, I think it really boils down to honest communication because I do see a lot of problems, like, okay, I'll, I'll just use very politically correct terms, like <laughs> problems, whether it's, at, you know, in the household or in bed, for example, or with children. Intimacy. Intimacy, yeah, exactly. But it's, it, I think it really boils down to not just honest conversation, but conversations about expectations and conversations about really basic things I think that's the problem I think people look at it in a very like you know oh beautiful relationship oh 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 children and house and dreams and goals not realizing all these are based on routines and chores and maintenance around the house but when all is said and done I think the the basic thing that we're coming to is that we want each other to share in our struggles in our heartaches in our successes in our triumphs and I think that's what we all want to achieve, whether it's mm. our friendships or in a relationship. But Stephanie, you know, coming around, you know, to our initial question, then do you think that you are capable of being in a relationship of unconditional love 
Or do you think that if you found a relationship that you would settle? Or is unconditional love so important that you'd rather be single than to be in a relationship where unconditional love doesn't exist? So many choices. <laughs> There's just three. Okay, I'll just repeat just for, for the sake of just for the sake of clarity. So would you want to be in a relationship based on what we are now what we now understand of unconditional love? Or would you think you would settle because you think it just does not exist? Or you mm-hmm. would just be single because you, unconditional love is so important to you that you're not willing to settle or be with someone that doesn't believe in your ideals of sharing each other's lives, even from the so, basic. I think it's probably the, the last one because it's not, I don't think people don't share that ideal. I think a lot of people do want that right that's why they end up in relationships but i don't think anyone actually follows through with it because ultimately people are looking out for themselves um i think that's kind of my point of view. it's not like i don't i feel like everyone in this world probably are wired to want unconditional love where someone's looking out for you where you're sharing experiences i i just think it gets to a point where i guess to my earlier point there's always someone who's doing more than the other and to your point like that resentment piles up um on one person's end and then the resentment comes through as anger and then it causes fights and then you know you know the drift and and I feel like that's energy that I can't I don't want to drain from myself because I can put that energy into other things I don't know that's just probably my cynical view like I see that in my friendships where I can see my friends doing things from, but it also comes with the thing where I don't live together with any of my friends. Do I like, but even then, if I, when I think about like living with you or like any of my other close friends, I do see that we can look out for each other, but I don't know. It's a very complicated question to answer. What about you though? Mm. putting it back at you yeah no 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 as in that's fair I hmm okay I've I've always said this that you know I like to believe in hope because (laughs) no no because for me right I I just feel like this past two years especially this year has I feel like I keep repeating this every year I, I keep thinking that this year is really challenging but then I you know, the next year happens and I look back, I'm like, you know, last year wasn't that bad. Which mm. kind of scares me for 2022 and I really hope 2022 turns around and, you know, things are, get better and stuff. Because this year was mm. really, really challenging. Um, and I need hope because a lot of times I just feel like without it, I just wouldn't want to get out of bed. I, I feel that if you don't have something to look forward to, you just cease you you don't want to exist i mean what's the point if if you have nothing to look forward to i think that's a basic requirement in a way you you want at least for me i feel like i need something to look forward to i i can't just go through routines and not have anything so i feel that okay i feel that unconditional love can exist but it's Uh not something that is like romanticized in the movies and i think to your point stephanie i think when you say that everyone goes into it hoping for it yeah i think so but they don't realize like it's an 
effort thing. It's not it's not a magical thing that just you know all exactly. two people two people come together and then poof it's like unconditional love appears. It's it's not like that. It's something you work at every single day. Um, so that's one. So I I do think it exists out there. Well, it's for me. Not sure. Go on. You, you, okay. Do you yeah. want to say something? No, that's exactly my point, right? I, I think it can exist, but maybe it doesn't because people get tired of making the effort. Because to your point, it exists because both sides need to put in the effort, and I feel at some point people stop putting in the effort because they're looking out for themselves. They're like, I don't know. That's the mentality I. Observe. But I but feel it's a bit unfair. In, in it for you. No, I feel okay, that on. a lot of times. You no, know, I. I mean, I. I've seen examples of that, but I feel it's unfair in the sense that sometimes I think a lot of people who have given up is because they don't get. It's not reciprocated. A lot of times yeah. that I've seen, you know, when people in relationships give up, it's because it's never reciprocated from the other side. Because the effort's on different levels. Yeah, so then that's not unconditional love anymore, right? That's conditional love because someone is is mm. sort of trying, mm. like, come on, come on, like, can you please give mm. something back? I I think that if it was really unconditional love, I think you would hold on to it. I, I think, I, well, I believe that because I think that, because if you get to enjoy something that's so beautiful, right, that someone is really like, who who tries his best they might not always understand you but they they mm-hmm. work at it you would want to hold on to it yes you want to interject with another thought i see this is where like but it gets to a point i guess it comes back to threshold and tolerance right like i think this this comes back to why i asked that question like if it's unconditional you would do whatever regardless of what the other person does or doesn't do right but i feel like if we're saying it's a shared experience if you're lifting more weight than the other person it is going to we are human after all we are not saints we're not jesus or god or whatever whatever you believe in like i we are human after all and if you're constantly giving in more than the other person you're ultimately going to feel resentment like I think I've experienced it with friends and family I I feel like we've you've kind of come like just examples of like friends you've said right like I reach out all the time they don't it creates a sense of resentment and then does that mean that we are we are still loving people with a condition of they need to reciprocate or they need to do something I don't know like that's why it comes down to my question of like does it actually exist like or is it are we just living in that fantasy because we are human after all if we are always giving more we always are going to reach some form of threshold where we are like oh fuck this okay for those under 18 it's an expletive you shouldn't be hearing Um, (laughs) but and like for me my threshold might be two years for you your threshold might be 10 years but i feel like we all reach a point where we're just like i'm giving in more than i am and and then you kind of question, which is then goes back to the whole sacrificial element. Like, am I just sacrificing everything for the sake of a couple of humans? I don't know. So I guess I go back to that question of like, as humans, are we really capable of unconditional love unless it's reciprocated? Like, I feel like it needs to be same level, equal level at both parts in order for it to 
genuinely work and I often find that there's always going to be someone who's going to give more and I guess that's the the reality of the the world um well I think you make some good points I think it's a progression I think everyone starts Mm. out being capable of unconditional love so because it's the basic childhood tenet right so basically a child unconditionally loves his mom and dad like it just happens and then whether it's environmental factors or stress factors or whatever it is they sort of like become it goes into a conditional attachment like Mm -hmm. please do this so you will love me and after that it just becomes like where they just throw the tables and it's either they go into really a depressive mode or they act up in an aggressive mode i'm i'm basically dumbing down in terms that i know and understand So I think at the core human nature, I think we're all capable of unconditional love. I think that's why you care about your work or you care about people around you or you reach out or you donate or you, you know, do charitable organizations Mm. or drives, whatever it is. You have that ability within you. But I think after a while, if you are involved in a relationship where it is not reciprocated, it then becomes conditional. Sometimes, because then you sort of do things to for either for attention or for love, whatever it is, for appreci- appreciation. But if it's still not mm. recognized, I think that's where it goes into resentment. So for me, I feel like it's three stages, but everyone mm. starts out being unconditional. And I think that's also sort of like what you see when someone first gets into a relationship. They're willing to put everything on hold and like contribute and stuff, which is great. But I also see that it's always one person doing it. Sometimes it's like always a guy is trying to like do like romantic gestures or being there or picking them up or whatever it is, sending them home. And then the girl doesn't reciprocate. Or the girl is the one that's being very nice or whatever. I'm, I'm just giving very basic, you know, basic mm. analogies. But you see these kinds of examples where someone is really, you know, trying very their hardest. But I think it's fair, right? If someone doesn't reciprocate, you do feel worthless. You do feel like, you know, your effort is not... Um, being recognized and I think whether it's in a workplace or at home or in a relationship you if you're not feeling recognized it's, it's fair that you will act out in some ways and I think that's where what you said right the limit of the threshold is hit and then whether they act out in certain ways or whether they just shut off or whether they become angry or whatever it is it's bound to happen it's bound to happen but I don't mm. think it happens from the start so I, I yeah. like I said Going back to the hope thing, mm. I, I feel that everyone goes into it capable of it. And I've seen it, I've experienced it for myself. You know, I experienced it with my relationship, with you, uh, with very few people. But I think it it has happened. And for me, when it's with people that, you know, don't reciprocate, I, I go through exactly what you said. Like, I, at first, I can, I remember I had this friend who I was, always reaching out to always texting always begging for dinners or begging for meetups begging for some time together and always nope 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 I'm busy nope 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 I have stuff on and now I'm at the point where I'm just I I hate her (laughs) so I you know I think it's fair I think it's it's a fair transition you know so yeah so I guess in conclusion from our circles of thought we're saying unconditional love is a shared experience that is centered around equal effort on both parts and it's a progression where you continue to learn about the other person and and from Ansri's point of view there is hope that this is possible 
And from my point of view, I'm still like, hmm. <laughs> Is that our conclusion that we're coming to? I think for you... Okay, I think honestly, from a friend perspective, I think you, mm-hmm. you've always been the kind to see it before you believe it. So I think that, you know, a lot of times when we talked about mm-hmm. stuff... Uh, okay, for example, when we were in school together, I think you were very cynical about group projects until we were working together and then you realised, hey, actually, you know, there are people who actually give a shit. Y- you know, okay, sorry. Sorry to those under 18, you shouldn't be hearing <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of language. But you needed to, you needed to see examples around you to realise that it exists. And mm. I think that's fair, right? Because I think sometimes people... Like whether you or anyone else, sometimes you go through so many experiences that shake your fun- fundamental beliefs that you don't feel that it can exist, but you're not closed off against it. It's just you haven't seen it. So mm. how can I believe something I don't see? But for yeah. me, I've always believed that, you know, just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not there. That's, mm. I-, I think that's always been my wondrous way of looking this at it. Is- this is why Azri is the idealistic one. Yeah, I mean... I am the cynic. Because there is a positive hope, which is why this works. I think, yeah, you are right. Because I think all the examples I've seen, like, I've not seen an equal effort relationship, whether it's friendship, relationship, partner, family, whatever. And there's never, like, there's never been an equal thing. And I've always seen, whether they show it or not, there is a level of resentment and you can see there's a sense of friction in a lot of things, which is why I kind of, which is why I think it begs the question of like, you know, I should focus on myself. No one's going to love unconditionally. No one's going to love me unconditionally apart from myself. I'm the only one who's going to love myself unconditionally and look out for myself. So I think that's where my grounding comes from. Um, at the same time, to Azri's point, there is hope that someone would put in the same effort as you do, to look out for each other and, you know, care for you. And I just wanted to add in something to that. You know, I think another thing that I also noticed is a lot of people go into relationships hoping to be completed. Like, mm. you know, I, I, I am broken and beaten down and I think being in this relationship will fill me or complete me in some way. And I think that's backwards. I think that's also why a lot of relationships have problems. I think you need to really work on yourself. And it's hard. And I know it sounds very twisted and a bit narcissistic in some degree, to some degree. But I think it's about loving yourself uh, wholeheartedly and being proud of who you are. And I think that's where you realize that maybe then you might be prepared to let someone else in. I don't know. I just feel like that's something I've experienced for myself and that's something I've seen um, become Mm. a problem for a lot of people because they go into relationships thinking that they'll be fixed when that's not really the case. You fix yourself first and then you work on another relationship. But yeah, you know, like I said, that's the idealistic side of me. That's how I've always been. I look at the plant, I look at the stars and wonder if there are aliens out there. And, you know, just because we haven't seen it, doesn't mean I don't believe they're there. They're not there. So, but that's me. But that's me. But all in all, you know, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I think this was something that I really had a lot of fun, although Stephanie chose it from a very cynical point of view. I thought, <laughs> I, I thought that this is, you know, it's something that I think we need to talk about more in the sense that, you know, everyone talks about relationships being this beautiful, glamorous things. No one talks about problems and like, you know, the really just basic stuff. And I think, 
that's what you need to think about. Like, are you willing to pick up your partner's dirty socks? Like, if that is a problem for you, then mm, you might want to rethink things through or like rethink how chores are being done around the house. But all in all, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been episode 45 of Blurred Thoughts <laughs> with myself, Azri and Stephanie. As always, please remember we have a Facebook page at underscore Blurred Thoughts and an Instagram page at the same handle. And as always, we hope to see you, barring no delays, next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.